Greetings and salutations. You're listening to This Ends at Prom, a podcast where I, teen movie apologist BJ Colangelo, show my wife, Harmony Colangelo, a seminal teen girl movie that I missed out on because I grew up as a teen boy. Is today's movie truly emblematic of womanhood? Or of rose-colored nostalgia glasses warped your perspective? Circle yes, no, or maybe to find out if we're crowning a queen? Or if we're killing the teen dream. Welcome to This Ends at Prom. This Ends at Prom is a Pod People production. I don't wanna be your merch girl. I wanna be your goddamn idol. And I don't wanna have to work twice as hard for the same motherfucking title. But I. Welcome back, prom party. Hello. How are we doing today? I'm exhausted. It was a very busy day at work, and I've been up since 5.30 in the morning. I've been up since whatever time you left this morning because our door didn't want to close, and then it made our whole apartment shake, and I thought we were having an earthquake, but Twitter told me there was no earthquake, so it was just you. So 6.30 in the morning. Yeah, 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> but to be fair, I did stay up a bit later than you, so. That's your fault. I know. We're both a, both a wee <laughs> bit tired today, but that's okay, because today we're doing some fun things, and I'm very, very excited. Oh, I'm hyped. I have a lot of caffeine and, and beans Not literal beans, but I'm full of beans. You're full of beans today? Oh, am I ever. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's the appropriate way to handle it because we're we're not going to hang out in high school today. We're going to go to junior high today. And I feel like you need to brace yourself a little bit more for junior high. God, junior high was the absolute worst. And I really want to talk about it in this episode. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure that we will. Before we get into our business, this is your friendly reminder that we have a patreon patreon.com backslash this ends at prom we have a lot of awesome things tier start at just one dollar we recently revised our top tier because harmony and i are going to go through pen 15 speaking of junior high and we're gonna get really cringy and i get to explain all of the very horrifying complexities of being a junior high girl yeah it's gonna go very hand in hand with how this movie functions (laughs) i can't wait as always if you are not in a place financially to support we totally understand and we love you we just ask that you share us with a friend have a sleepover listen to an episode watch a movie or go over to apple Podcasts and give us that five star y'all have been great about that recently it's been helping keep us on the top 25 film review podcast page that's amazing that's so, news to me. <laughs> well, Yay. surprise, we're still there. <laughs> but today, friends, we are not alone. Today, we are joined by an amazing guest, a writer, actor, voiceover artist, and fellow podcaster, Addison Peacock. Hi, Addison. Hi. Oh my Hello. Welcome, welcome Hello. to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I've Thank got you. my uh, I've got my butterfly clips in my hair. I got my dress at Charlotte Russe, and I am ready for the middle school dance. I miss Charlotte <laughs> Russe so much because you could walk in there and like, sure, you could go look at the wall of shoes or like the fancy sequin <laughs> shirts, or you could do what my broke ass did and go to the rack of like three dollar shirts. Yeah. 
That was the jammy jam. <laughs> I, I got more than one. I got more than one like spring dance dress from Charlotte. Ruse. Oh yeah, I was a, a Charlotte Ruse. I was also a Debs because Debs had plus <gasps> Debs, size. Debs is where I got my freshman year homecoming dress. Um, Obsessed. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. You go to Debs and then you go to Claire's and you get your statement necklace and you're oh, yeah. all ready to go. Um, <laughs> That's just like the perfect day at the mall, me oh, thinks. Get a body spray at Bath and Body Works. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so Addison, what movie have you brought for us today? I brought a movie that's very special to me and was also, by the way, the first movie I saw in a theater when I moved to LA, uh, eighth grade. Oh, fantastic. I saw eighth grade in a press screening in the middle of the day and then had an existential crisis the rest of the day. I um, saw eighth grade when I had freshly moved to Los Angeles. I didn't have any friends yet. And I um, needed to do anything to get out of my little like grad student apartment. And so I uh, got a a middle of the day, like Sunday afternoon ticket to see it at an arc light. And I sat in an almost it was an empty theater except for one mom and her teenage son in the back of the theater and I sat in the front with a glass of wine and a Toblerone and just open mouth cried for like 45 (laughs) minutes um and that's that was that I think that's that's relatable (laughs) I'm sure that that mom and her son had a wonderful experience sharing that with you yeah literally I was like sorry about the grown woman in the front of the theater open mouth crying into her Toblerone (laughs) Harmony how about you what what was your introduction to this movie? Uh, you. I assumed, but I also <laughs> didn't want to assume. Um, this was one of the uh, the experiment type movies where y- you like to do this game where it's just like, okay, you definitely don't have any experience with this world, which is obviously the premise of the podcast, but there are some that are a little more ingrained in that world. And mm-hmm. you're just like, I want to see how this hits because mm-hmm. this is written and directed by Bo Burnham and He's obviously not a teen girl, but did a marvelous job of writing a coming of age mm-hmm. story about Beautiful a teen girl. Job. So I want to see how this hits you. And I'm like, no, I get this. Yeah. This is relatable mm-hmm. content. I love that. <laughs> because we're all racked with with fear and dread in our adolescence. It just kind of, yeah. And junior high is just the fucking dirt worst. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's I, I, I don't remember large chunks of my seventh and eighth grade. I just it's just gone from my memory. I think my brain was trying to protect itself. I don't remember like two thirds of that per- that period of my life. Oh, um, I I remember the bad parts. It's <laughs> it's like the survival instinct of like <laughs> ah yes, don't eat the purple berries in the wild because you'll get sick, and then you never forget. <laughs> That's very fair, actually. Um, oh God, yeah, it's a so, crying movie. <laughs> so Harmony, I know that 2018 was not that long ago but at the same time feels like it was a thousand years ago um but i was curious if you can kind of shape the world of eighth grade a bit for us um give us a little like cultural or social context as to what was going on around this time because this movie feels very unique to itself until uh jonah hill's mid 90s um eighth grade kind of I i think started a trend that we're starting to see now but i'm just curious uh what you were able to come up with I actually didn't do too much deep digging because this was only three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. We remember Mm -hmm. what that's like. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to highlight technologically how this movie works. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. Kayla's whole worldview is pretty much shaped by the influence of social media, specifically Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. And like, there's a joke at one point where it's like, mom, nobody uses Facebook. Right. And like, <laughs> this was four years ago and kids were already saying nobody uses Facebook, which is hilarious. <laughs> but I just want to point out how fucking different would this movie be if TikTok was around at the time? Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God, yeah. She would be making TikToks. Like, she wouldn't be making YouTube videos. She would be making TikToks. Yeah. Um, And, like, 30-year-olds would be like, I think you're the sweetest girl ever, and I love you. And, like, a bunch of, like, mean teens would be like, kill yourself. Um, Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm so scared. I'm so fucking scared of TikTok, you guys. I, like, I, I just had to say that really quick. I, I, I like it and I use it and the algorithms figured out what I want. But every friend of mine I know who's made like a TikTok and had it do even a little bit well has experienced how not like it's worse than YouTube comments. It's oh, yeah, it's, worse. it's atrocious. Um, I use TikTok pretty actively, but there was a six month period of time where mm-hmm. I shut everything down because I had a TikTok go viral and it ended up on the opposite side of the algorithm because there's you know there's different sides of the algorithm and if you end up on like gay tiktok you're pretty safe like that's a pretty good place to be you're still gonna get like your elmo versus rocco beef you're gonna get dance trends but you're not gonna get like weird cringy boys and you're not gonna get like a lot of 15 year olds Mm -hmm. um But if your TikTok goes viral enough that you leave that neighborhood and you end up on the straight side, it is the Thunderdome over there. It is terrifying. And you are going to get 15-year-olds that are going to be like, I figured out where you work. And I know your secretary, Nancy. And I've already screenshot everything and sent it to her. And you're like, oh, my God. They're uh-huh. like terrorists. Yeah, they're like, I called your mom. It's like, fuck. Um Anyway, I'm sorry. I just I had a visceral reaction to TikTok. No, that's fair. <laughs> that actually segues this very nicely for me for the other thing I wanted to bring up because I think we can all relate to this movie pretty hard. I think that most people who watch this movie appreciate it a lot. Mm-hmm. But out of curiosity, because there was something I noticed at um, the start of the year when we did our Not Another Teen Movie episode, which was that most movies on like Google Movie Reviews generally have uh, a lot of five stars and a lot of one stars. Yeah. Because they're teen girl movies and everyone hates them. Mm-hmm. Right. But Not Another Teen Movie had very few one stars because guys didn't go out of their way to hate that movie. Right, because it caters to because their sense hates, of humor. Yeah, because it hates uh, teen girl movies. <laughs> yes. So um, out of curiosity, I just wanted to see that this 99% on Rotten Tomatoes film, let me just see what was going on. It's like, okay, it's sitting at a... Too low, three point seven on Google movies. On like on like the Google reviews of, of five stars. That's unacceptable. That's that a is, crime. That is a disgrace. I agree. So I'm like, I want to see what people. I want to see like what the mean kids in class are saying about Kayla. Let me just oh, no. let me just dip my toes into the one star reviews. And oh. like anytime you look at a one star review of a movie people hate, <laughs> you, you see this flack thrown out of like things that are insults but don't really say anything of like unwatchable, uh, waste of time, bad acting. And like these are all like subjective things that don't tell you anything about the movie other than I didn't like it. <laughs> but things that I did see that were very recurring with this movie as far as people hating it are things like it makes me uncomfortable. It's supposed <laughs> to be a comedy, but it just makes me sad and depressed. I find it awkward and cringy, and I find our character boring and irritating. 
Wow. All of these things. Um, well, half of them, that's the point. Yeah, um, the other and- half, you just hate young girls. Uh-huh. But- <laughs> right. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh-huh. Take this with a grain of salt because people can lie on the internet. A lot of these one-star reviews are from people who are allegedly the correct age. But that that makes even more sense to me because mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. meaner to young girls than other young girls that are socialized to uh-huh. hate each other? It's exactly. a lot of people going like, I'm 14 and I think this character's awful. Maybe she should get a hobby. Or I just graduated from high school and like maybe this kind of bullying happens in fifth grade, but not eighth grade. It's just okay, a bunch we get of it. teens. You were popular in middle school. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. And I've like I find this just endlessly fascinating as far as like what is going on with this movie and why can't people like sit with the discomfort of being uncool and awkward and not mm-hmm. having like masterfully <laughs> and naturally figured out how to exist socially in school. It just reminded me what you were saying about people getting mad that the movie made them feel uncomfortable. Um, I, I feel like I've been, I bring this up constantly, but it's because it's really like sh- permanently shaped the way I consume media. My first year of grad school, I had a professor, uh, icon- a fabulous professor, my, one of my acting professors, who would have us review uh, for class, not like for like a paper, <laughs> review for class, a lot of like local theater in, mm-hmm. in LA. And I saw a play that I just, I don't even remember what the play was. I just remember at the time, I really didn't like it really really didn't like it and I was chatting with her about it and she was like that's awesome I want to hear about you not liking it but I also want to make sure that as you like navigate work you don't like you always ask yourself a really important question that tells you the difference between something that's not for you and something that's bad which is what about it did you hate and was that thing on purpose Mm -hmm. and that's That's a a very simple thing but it's it's literally shaped the way I consume media, even media that I don't like. And I feel like so many people who didn't, who are leaving these nasty one stars for eighth grade, they, they're not asking, they're not going, oh, maybe this movie was intended to make me feel weird. Yeah, like, it's a matter of getting the correct reaction out of you. And people are like, this movie did its job and I'm mad about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like when someone, it's like someone being like, this horror movie scared me. And I'm like, and? Yeah. <laughs> We see that all the time of people being like, I don't like horror films. One star. Right. That's so real. It's literally, yeah, it's like you can't you can't eat the peanut butter cookie and then be mad that it had peanut butter in it. That's not a fair criticism. She's a different generation than us. She's She's not a different generation. Yeah, she is. She's four years younger than us. I mean Okay, but people who are like four years older than us felt like fucking fifty years old. That's like blatantly not true. Your sister? My sister just sucks. Okay, but like on top of that, she didn't have Twitter in middle school, and we did. That made us different. Kayla, you're not different than us. <laughs> yeah. When did you get Snapchat? What grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade? Oh. So yeah, I find all of that fascinating, and I think that that really kind of sets where people were, and I think kind of what, what the vibe of this movie is, because it's all built mm-hmm. around Kayla and her experiences, mm-hmm. and people... Mm-hmm are getting the correct responses out of that, even if they're assholes and don't realize that. (laughs) So let's talk about what eighth grade is actually about. So Addison, if you had to explain to somebody what the plot of this movie is, what would you tell them? Um, I would say it's about, God, this is such a weirdly hard question. Um, I'd say it's about a girl going into eighth grade who is trying to navigate the world around her through 
struggling with intense social anxiety and trying to find herself in a digital, like an increasingly digital world, express herself through making little, like making YouTube videos and just trying to make sense of the world around her as she grows up and trying to figure out who she hopes she'll be in a year's time. I think that's a great way to kind of explain this movie. Yeah. Because what I love so much about this is that it's about her eighth grade year but it's not format in a way that's like, oh, we're trying to make it to the big dance. Like, that's yeah. the most important thing. Like, it doesn't have those sorts of milestones. Like, the milestones of this movie are surviving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you're in eighth grade, that kind of is your milestone is like, get the fuck out of here so I can get <laughs> to high school because junior high is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, too, about all of our different junior high experiences. So, like, Harmony, I'll start with you. Like, Oh, God. <laughs> you don't have to, like, dish out, like, junior high experiences. But, like, was there a difference between junior high and high school? Were you in, like, school with all the same kids throughout the entire time? Like, give me your junior high. Like, what was that? Um, I was mercilessly bullied for the entirety of junior high. Like, followed home, beaten up. Uh, made fun of for being the fat kid to the point where I developed an eating disorder. You know, all the fun things of of growing up. Mm-hmm. And once I got to high school, absolutely none of that happened. And I think so much of that is because at some point in like first or second grade, there are kids who are either like, are, are there the cute kids who are like, oh my God, like she's a cute girl or he's a cute guy and like they're cool. And they like have figured out how to seem more adult and more commanding than other kids. And mm-hmm. then they maintain that level of popularity until like they graduate high school where everyone just has an opinion of them and then they never shift because you're with the same kids forever. And mm-hmm. that the same thing applies if you're a loser kid. Like you eat boogers once in second grade and then you're the booger eating kid. You know, <laughs> that was not me, but like it's a good example of something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I was fat and I was awkward and I was nerdy and all of these things made me a prime target and being like six foot something also means you don't blend in with a crowd. Mm -hmm. So I get to Mm -hmm. high school and suddenly there are three grades worth of people who have not spent the last nine years with me and they thought I was the fucking coolest. Now granted, a lot of that is because I wasn't an angry asshole like my brother mm-hmm. where they were like, oh my God, your ghoul is like little brother. You're not a piece of shit like him. We love you. Because <laughs> my brother had a very big reputation for being an asshole. <laughs> so uh, yeah, high school was great. Junior high blue. <laughs> Addison, how about you? Okay, so uh, I mentioned before that I don't remember, like, large chunks of my middle school experience, but the bits Mm -hmm. that I do remember were really bad. Um, So, first of all, I should say I didn't have a traditional, like, junior high experience. I went uh, first through eighth grade to a school that it was all the same school. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, wow. uh, It was a private school, and I was on the low economic end of that private school. So, it was a weird environment because it was like, it was like... People who, like, their parents could send them there. It was a bit of a stretch. Mm -hmm. And then it was people whose, like, parents had planes and shit. Oh, so, Um, like, the ladybird dichotomy. Yes. A movie Um, I have not seen, also by A24, which is shocking when people hear that. (laughs) Another movie that I love. Um, I'll see. uh, I'm also, like, a Greta Gerwig stan. We don't have to linger on that. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) 
Um, but so I get yeah, very much kind of a ladybird experience. Yeah, definitely like going to other people's houses and being like, oh, you have a pool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing. And then the other part was like being at a school with people who had like access to like really nice, like, ex- like really nice dermatologists and like dietitians and shit. So I mm-hmm. developed a lot of insecurity about my skin. I had, I also had an eating disorder. Um, and just, I was very, very, very depressed and anxious and I had horrible panic attacks. Uh, I've, I had my first panic attack when I was nine, but like they got real bad in, in like seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, not, not very good. And then, uh, when I got to high school, I was in the, a different area, like the, the district we technically lived in for like the middle school I should have gone to was not like where I went for my, my first or eighth grade. And then I was in my public high school for my area. And so it was literally like, with the exception of maybe like three people, I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I did go in really, uh, defensively and like weird (laughs) my freshman year of high school. Um, I did that like Tita Fey's character in 30 Rock thing where I was like a defensive nerd. So I was like Mm -hmm. mean because I expected people to bully me. (laughs) Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Um, and then I kind of calmed the fuck down and settled into like the theater kid, choir kid space. And then high school was was pretty much fine, honestly. After that, nothing compared to seventh and eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. And that I, pretty much is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a really odd junior high experience. My junior high was sixth through eighth grade. Um, We were in a different building, but it's all the same kids from pretty much kindergarten through eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Everything changed. We went to high school. Uh, Our high school had four different junior high feeder schools. So we went from being in junior high where your graduating class was like a hundred something to my high school where my graduating class was like 800 something. So it was huge. (laughs) I should have mentioned something else about my specific, uh, middle like junior high experience which is that Mm -hmm. my class of kids was 30 people oh (laughs) Oh my god so there was truly fucking nowhere to hide Uh oh god yeah that's Uh, definitely an important fact. i did forget that that's not normal and then you said that your junior what your junior high class was and i was like wait 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 i should say something (laughs) yeah like my graduating class was 500 and bj's like oh that's small so like (laughs) My eighth, really yeah, my eighth grade graduating class was 30 people. So I that's an important detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's that's intense. That's yeah. very intense. <laughs> Yikes. Mm-hmm. Like we could at least like have like the kids that were in my math class weren't necessarily the kids that were in my English class. Like we we had enough kids that we could do that uh-huh. um, for my grade levels. But my junior high experience was super weird. And I know I've talked about this in previous episodes, but I was such like a weird contradictory kid in that I was definitely like a punk. This is when my friends and I called ourselves like the fishnet clan and we used to just wear fishnet like either under all of our T-shirts or like fishnet leggings or, you know, the the arm cuffs that go up to your elbow from Hot Topic. Mm. A lot of that kind of stuff. Um, But at the same time, I was on student council. I was in choir. I was in every extracurricular possible, which is why if you look at my eighth grade yearbook, there is like 40 photos of me wearing a Tony Hawk Birdhouse T-shirt with a Peter Pan 
Japan collar, an Avril Lavigne tie, a pair of like plaid gaucho shorts, and some high heeled Converse. Like it is a nightmare oh, it's outfit. It's a beautiful picture. Oh, hell it is. yeah. And I have like Betty Page bangs and my hair slicked back into like a really tight ponytail. So it looks like I just have kind of like a Chelsea haircut. Like it's a whole thing. Oh, um, hell yeah. And I was also still doing pageants at the time because this is the same time that like my goth friends discovered I did pageants when I was little and they were like, you should do it again because I bet you can't. And then all of like the popular girls freaked out because they were like, oh, we're not as good as public speaking as her and we're going to get our ass kicked by the weird goth kid. So <laughs> then they all just quit. Um, like I know my mom has. power a- <laughs> you have. <laughs> I know my mom has a photo because I was also a cheerleader too because we didn't have baton in junior high, but I did baton my entire life. So I needed to do something to like kind of like cross train and like keep that up. Mm -hmm. So I know my mom has a photo somewhere of like the eighth grade sports banquet. And I had gotten like the cheerleader of the year award for eighth grade. And I'm standing with my team. Every single one of them is wearing either Hollister, Abercrombie or American Eagle. Of course. Like pink polos and skirts. I'm wearing a Hard Rock Cafe t-shirt that has like rhinestones on it. Very like Ed Hardy inspired. Oh, hell yeah. A, a plaid skirt that I intentionally lined the hem around with like hanging safety pins. It, I was a nightmare kid. Like I don't I understand. So um, even though I was like really, really active and, you know, people knew who I was, I was not popular, which is why mm-hmm. I tell people like I was goth Tracy Flick because mm-hmm. Tracy oh, Flick yeah. was involved in everything, but everyone hated her. So like I have like weird um, like fight or flight kicks in when I hear All My Life by Casey and Jojo because all it reminds me of is being at the dance um, of like all of the eighth grade dances or all of the junior high dances and being the literal only person who didn't have anyone to dance with. Oh and like, God. I was like having a good time dancing to all the fast songs with all of like my baton friends and we could all dance and it was really cool. And mm. then it was like, okay, now the weird, like possibly gay girl who's definitely goth can go sit in the corner. We're done with you now. Bye. <laughs> so I, that was oh my, my junior God. high. I also, uh, I both regret and I'm glad that I didn't get to express myself through fashion in eighth grade because we had uniforms. So uh, mm. my way of expressing myself was, however, that I would wear fun socks. Um, <laughs> so, so it's I like ha- corporate America where it's yeah. like, oh, well, you have to wear a suit, but you can wear hamburger socks if you want. That's for you. <laughs> yeah, I would wear these like specifically my favorite ones. I had these knee high socks that had piano keys on them and I would wear those with my uniform. And I was like, because I am into music. Um I was also a knee-high socks kid uh, in junior (laughs) high, and I had a wide collection of them. That is where I started my bad habit, where I don't think I've worn matching socks unless it's, like, intentionally for fashion, I think, since seventh grade. Like, I genuinely (laughs) don't think I have. Um, So we've talked about our junior high experiences. And we're all coming from very different places, and yet we all go, this is relatable. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'll start around the room. Uh, and Harmony, what do you think of Kayla in this movie? I knew a lot of Kayla's. I was not Kayla. I knew a lot of Kayla's. Odds are, if I was a girl in eighth grade, this there's a good chance this could have been me. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm too loud for that. So maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think my impressions are kind of what her dad feels about her. As like, no, but but you've got your shit figured out. You're you're a nice kid and you you you're smart. 
even if like you're you're faking it till you make it, like you're you're a cool kid. Mm-hmm. It's just no one else can see that you're cool yet. And I love her. She's 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 a lovely little child. I I want to I want to punch the popular girly trainer like shit. I want oh, I to beat kick up that twelve year old. <laughs> Addison, how about you? How do you feel about Kayla? Oh my god, my heart aches. I love her. I love her. I get like in like the way that hurts because it makes me sad and she feels too familiar. I like Harmony. I was too loud to be a Kayla, but Kayla is how I felt on the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a very like loud. Um, verbi like verbose like kind of know-it-all kid but inside that was how I felt all the time I felt like I never knew what to say and I felt terrified and nervous and like I just was like wanted I still have bits of this thing like that I kind of feel from Kayla in the movie that it's, it's like this feeling like like other people like when people are being like mean about something it's like why isn't every why is everyone so mean I still get mm-hmm. that feeling and I feel like a Pollyanna like kindergarten teacher about it but I'm like <laughs> why isn't everyone being nice it's I don't why would you be mean um, I <laughs> yes absolutely and I yeah. <laughs> I love that you and I are like we were too loud to be Kayla and like the whole thing is that she is too quiet to win most quiet because she no one knows that she's there. Yep. Um, but inside the feeling is so real. And I also, um, uh, I love Kayla and, uh, as talking about her. I keep, I always think about, uh, I read the script for eighth grade for a class, um, well, in my grad program and there's a line I'm paraphrasing because it's been a couple years since I read the script but like the when she's like walking with her little with her with her big backpack there's a line that's like the world is so big and she is so small and I'm like that's that's the feeling I feel about Kayla is the <laughs> feeling that that phrase like makes me have <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I also love Kayla she reminds me so much of the girls that would sit like not in the front of the class but like right in the middle and off to the side so that they were like the least likely to be looked at by anybody. Like Mm -hmm. you have to intentionally like move if you're going to look at them Mm -hmm. and they just sort of exist through the world. And the, the best way that I can describe Kayla, and this is going to be such a, like a dumb reference, but the volleyball scene in the Carrie remake with Chloe Grace Moretz. I was so ready. (laughs) Where she's just like, No one's really talking to her, but then she does something that kind of gets a laugh and you see that moment of acceptance of like, oh my God, they're laughing with me, not at me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like Kayla is perpetually in that state of anxiety of like, are they ever going to be with me? And I also love how Kayla is so kind of snippy with her dad because obviously she's got a lot of big emotions. Yeah. She's not fully mm-hmm. navigating or really going through and it's, her dad is just getting turned into a, an emotional punching bag mm-hmm. because she's a, an eighth grader and that's kind of how that works. But that is how Oof. my sister, my little sister communicated with us nonstop. So like every time I see those dinner scenes, it's like, oh yeah, no, I know, I know that kid. That is my baby sister not wanting to talk about what's going on at school and instead wanting to be on her phone and yell at everyone for like being in her business when all they're doing is asking how her day was. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I totally get what that is like. I've like, I didn't, I hung out with mostly girls when I was really young in school. And then like you hit a point where it's like, boys have cooties. So then you, the, the, the battle of the sexes and everything splits up. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of friends who had little sisters 
And this was precisely where it is, where, like, they throw a fit going, like, no, mom, I don't like garlic bread. And then they, like, throw the bread across the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) God, that was... It's it's just a lot of feelings. Oh, God, that was so me. And God bless my mom. I'm so close with my mom now as an adult. Um, And, like, we we figured our shit out. We We got there. But especially, like, throw in some, like, undiagnosed OCD stuff. And I was... I was a nightmare, like, mm-hmm. at, at, at home. I had moments where I would I would just, like, lose my shit. Like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, God, what was it? There was something I vividly remember, like, freaking the fuck out as, like, a 13-year-old because, like, my, like, a shirt I wanted to wear to, like, a school thing had shrunk in the wash or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, everything is garbage. I'm <laughs> ugly and nothing fits and I want to die. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I, and I, like, s- like, locked myself in my room and, like, barricaded the door. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so my, my mom couldn't come in and check on me and my dad couldn't get the door open with, like, the, <laughs> like, oh, fuck. I just had, like, a war flashback to that (laughs) anyway oh my god um, i i think the best version of that i've ever personally witnessed was i was over at my friend's house who was a very rich kid whose dad had a lot of money and um their their mom had made us like lasagna or something for dinner and she was like oh it'd be cute i'm gonna arrange like a little a little face out of the lasagna with like cheese or something like that oh isn't that cute and his little sister ended up having a screaming fit because she's like, I can't eat something with a face on it. I feel bad. Why do you not all feel bad? You're all terrible monsters. <laughs> no. All my sister did when that happened was, so I'm a loud belcher and a loud farter. I, I admit these things. I have, you know, gorgeous, gorgeous girls have GI issues, friends. And it's I so am true. one of them. And... uh my sister, like, her mood was very unpredictable when we were younger. So, like, there would be some times where I would burp really, really loud. And she'd be like, uh-huh, that's really funny. And then sometimes I would do it. And it would be like, ugh, you're the grossest thing in the world. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. You bet you don't do that in public. Like, that's so embarrassing. I can't believe you're my sister. Ugh. And it was just <laughs> so extreme out of nowhere. And you're like, what the f- fuck you thought this was hilarious yesterday what's going on here and it was just whatever was going on in school that day Mm -hmm. um but so like we're having this kind of discussion about kayla in terms of like being really quiet but then also like kind of lashing out at dad but kayla is also uh navigating a very interesting world for an eighth grader which is the the wonderful world of youtube Mm -hmm. where Uh she is putting forward a persona that is in kind of complete opposition as to what everyone at school knows her as. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Harmony, first, because, Addison, I know you have some uh, some personal feelings about this, <laughs> and I want to be able to give you the stage. So, Harmony, you first. How do you feel about the YouTube angle? Uh, I think, well, I have two thoughts. Uh, I think that what she is saying is what she wants someone to say to her. Totally. Yeah, especially that part where she's like going to the party and she is putting herself in the popular girl's shoes and then like fantasy booking how she would actually is not a super awkward and she's super cool if I had just gotten to know her sooner. And that's a whole thing. But two, um, 
BJ, did I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. Did you know that I had YouTube blogs I did back in the day? No. I the only YouTube thing that I know you've ever done is that you did a transition video because weirdos find it every once in a while and oh, yeah, and they, it. They're just like, oh my god, it's so hot that you were a boy and now you're not. Yeah, that's the <laughs> only thing I know about you and YouTube. So please enlighten me because um, this is news and I am very interested. Well, I'm so first excited. Of all, oh, 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 I it's a lot and probably not very much. And these videos are private for a reason. Uh, so that video, the one BJ's referencing is the last video I put on YouTube and, uh, looking at it now, it is almost 10 years old. So everything else is older than 10 years. Um, they were all like trans related videos in like the year 2010 and 2011 Mm -hmm. when there was not much of an online presence for trans people. Uh, There were like some blogs that you would see occasionally. And that was sort of how I felt like I had to find community and I was sort of documenting my experiences and trying to give advice or find meaning in them so that I could either build the community or at least put a good foot forward. Because mm-hmm. I had this impression of being like, nobody knows any other trans people. I represent the entire community as oh, a 19-year-old. No. Oh, no. I have to put a good foot forward. <laughs> oh, honey. To yeah. quote some of my favorite trans people on Twitter, uh, you should not be allowed to use the internet the first three years that you've come out. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, so like some of the video titles uh, include Deep and Honest, Possibly Failing at Both. Oh, uh, no. Am I Ashamed of Being Trans? Oh, no. Talking with Iraq teens about being transgender. I forgot that happened. I have never heard about any of these experiences. Um, yep. Uh, what is beautiful? My journey of self-discovery and up Estrogen Creek without a paddle. That's just some of them. <laughs> I and mind you, this is the era of YouTube where it wouldn't let you put up videos longer than ten minutes, so some of them yes. just get cut off impromptu. <laughs> oh my god, this is yes. wonderful news! I'm I, not going to pry, even though everything in my body is like, I want to see. Him. I really like to just keep these nuggets from BJ so that I can surprise her every once in a while. <laughs> I'm full of secrets. <laughs> that is completely wild. Um, no, Mary, it's about surprising each other. Every That's once true. in a while. It's about openness and then sometimes just throwing a curveball <laughs> at the head. <laughs> yeah, my my experience with being online is so I have been very online since I was 18. That's all like that is all public record and documented. You can find all of it because my dumbass was like, do you know what the world needs? My opinions. I'm 18. Um, so that's been around for a very long time. And that's how I got, you know, my writing career is what it is because I did that so young. But before I started blogging or doing any of that, um, I was a big live journal kid. I was a big Zanga kid. So a lot of like sad girl open diary posts were a big thing for me when I was younger. Um, but I was low-key a little MySpace famous when I was 15. Oh, yeah. What was your name, BJ? Uh, BJ Bombshell. It's fine. <laughs> we don't need to talk about it. Um, I Did I end up on a BuzzFeed list once? Yes, maybe. We're going to move on from that because that article got deleted, so you can only find it if you use Wayback Machines. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> Tragic. Um, but yes, I was a little bit of like a, a MySpace famous scene kid, um, which means I have had many inappropriate conversations with people who are in emo bands. Um, so that's fun and exciting. Mm. Um, but I ended up kind of shutting my MySpace down and kind of re- getting away from the internet because uh, I was at a football game my sophomore year of high school. And this random girl who at the time was in eighth grade comes up to me. And I don't have like my normal scene gear on because I'm going to, you know, twirl at the halftime show and I can't. 
I, I obviously cannot have raccoon tail extensions uh, while I'm going to do that. <laughs> and she comes up to me and she just taps me on the shoulder and she goes, um, are you like BJ Bombshell? Like from MySpace? And I just stared at her and I was like, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, I love your MySpace. It's You have the best taste in music and you are so pretty. And I was like, Aww. okay, that's really nice. Um, I've never met you before. And she's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm in eighth grade and like, I look up to you. And for whatever reason, that broke my brain. And I was like, no, no, no. I am not an arbiter for these young children. I am a fucking train wreck who is not dealing with any of the trauma in her life. And I am projecting a cool girl image on the internet. And I am a fraud and I cannot do this. And I (laughs) shut it down and did not stay on MySpace. And then like, I don't know, a year later, Facebook happened. And I was like, okay, we'll try this again. (laughs) This feels a little bit more locked in. I think I'm okay now. (laughs) So that is my like... Too young for the internet. Oh, and then I, you know, I was on Tumblr because, mm-hmm. of course, I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I didn't start being like a bad Tumblr kid until like high school. And then I oh, was. Oh, me too. Then I was full on cat from Euphoria, but that's uh-huh. an entire other like can of worms to unpack. But Addison, uh, I would love to hear about your relationship with being uh, on the internet. God. Okay. I. I haven't talked about this in like a public platform, I don't think ever. So this is exciting. Um, oh, thank you so much for giving us this gift, Ben. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is an exclusive, this sends up from Scoop. Um, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to say my, my old username. Real ones who've been with me on Twitter since I had my original YouTube username now. Uh, I don't, I never made any like tweets I'm really ashamed of because I didn't understand the platform so it was just like really boring shit um (laughs) I didn't even do embarrassing teen tweets it was just like look at this bagel I had for breakfast um so that's fine but I did used to when I was about 15 I started a YouTube channel um so a little bit older than Kayla but I did start a YouTube channel when I was 15 I started making uh like vlogs and story time videos and sort of proto video essays they were like just vlogs but they were like scripted out like essays mm-hmm. um and it was just a lot of it was like addison story time stuff um i did not use my name i used a, a fake i used a not a fake name but i used just a user a screen name i'm not gonna say what it was again because some of <laughs> the shit is probably somewhere on the internet i deleted all of it i could find but uh oh, fuck so i did my vlogs and my story times, and then I did, like, occasionally I would, like, get get really amped because I was 15, and I would make, like, a scripted video about, like, I just learned about slut-shaming and I'm mad. Or, like, <laughs> hey, has anybody talked about how beauty standards are kind of bad? <laughs> kind of fucked up, if you think about it? Um, and I'm straight, but I'm a big gay ally, and I'm a straight girl, and I love gay people. Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the clo- closeted bisexual things. Um, oh, I was going to say, and, and how did that turn out for you? <laughs> As you might expect. But the thing about uh, YouTube that starts to get really specifically weird for me is that uh, people who get into YouTube now don't really, like, might really can't probably wrap your brains around this. But YouTube used to be, like, a few really big channels and then a lot of, like, middle channel, like, middle si- mid-sized channels kind of ruled the platform. Mm-hmm. So... If you had, like, around a couple thousand subscribers, there was, like, a whole fucking network of, like, kind of mid-range channels run by, like, teenagers or, like, people in their, like, early 20s. Mm -hmm. And I 
didn't have a lot of friends at school. And that was my like social group was I had like group Skype chats of other teen YouTubers and we would do Skype calls after school and talk about just like bullshit and be on there for like four hours and uh -huh. then like make collab like shitty collab videos together where we're like filming ourselves on our laptop like screens um it does not exist anymore but if uh anyone was in that era of youtube uh one of the people that i knew through that space was savannah amazing she and i made a collab video together thank you very much it does not exist anymore um <laughs> it was a piece of proto sketch comedy the other thing i did on my youtube channel it was not good it was very bad uh it was called listen to your conscience and it was really bad and not funny because i wrote it and i was 15 not offensive bad just like dumb um, <laughs> and I did that I'm gonna just tell you some of the titles of some of the videos that I know don't exist anymore so you can't find them if you try because uh -huh. I fucking nuked them from the internet I had a oh my god I'm gonna throw up I had a dear future husband video oh my oh. god <laughs> I had some cooking tutorial videos I had <laughs> a self-portrait video which was a trend that was being done in like that sort of small teen youtube community like community where you would just like take a bunch of moody shots of yourself like being cute and like doing random things and you would voice over just talking like about yourself and it was like uh hi i'm i'm 15 i believe in like blah 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 i love the smell of roses and fresh coffee i I'd like to think that one, like, I'm not focused on dating. I care about my career. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm 15. And here's the, I'm like shaking. Here's the part about this all that I don't talk about. Um, I met my first boyfriend through this YouTube community. Oh. He was a year older than me. He lived in Michigan. And and we, I'm like shaking. And we met, we met on YouTube in like group Skype calls. And then I like got my parents to drive me to Michigan to meet him. And his mom was like, I guess this YouTube girl's gonna come visit our house. And we dated for like a year just oh on God. YouTube and he came and stayed with my family once like the summer during that and we made like a bunch of YouTube videos together and oh god there was this thing called internet prom where <laughs> I'm shaking there was this thing called internet prom where like couples or like individual people at home would like record themselves in prom now tired dancing to different songs uh -huh. and we recorded a dance video for internet prom together this to is like so sweet and so cringe but mostly sweet <laughs> it is it makes I, i'm sweating i'm um, obsessed with listening to this because like i i love this idea of like internet spaces for teens pre-tiktok because none of them were specifically oriented towards teens, and yet teens just carved out these specific niches. And I oh, think yeah. that that is incredible and also, like, a weird testament to perseverance. It was, like, yeah, it was, like, the, the group that I was always in calls with, at that point, like, that I was in that group, I was, like, 16. It was, like, me, uh, a couple of uh, British dudes who were also 16, another American girl who was 15, a Canadian girl who was 15, um... The guy who became my boyfriend who was who was 17 because I was 16. Yeah, a year older than me. Um, and like a couple other people that kind of drifted in and out. It was it was very weirdly small. And like some of the people that I met through that still do YouTube. I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but they're like people who still do it. 
like fairly frequently and that I still mm-hmm. get along with, but we're not like close. Like we don't talk anymore, but I have mutuals on Twitter occasionally with people who are like actively still YouTubers. And it's very funny. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I remember a, this is a relic of a forgotten time. Um, <laughs> and then of course, uh, Something that I can relate to uh, with Kayla. It gets a little darker here, folks. Um, something that 8th grade, the movie captures really well, is um, predatory older boys. Yes. Um, yes. A little bit, shifting the ages a little bit, because I started YouTube a little older. When I was 16, I was definitely sort of groomed by like a 22-year-old. Um, we don't have to linger on that, but that was like a thing. And so between like that whole experience and then when I broke, when my uh, boyfriend and I broke up, I just kind of quit YouTube. I like made an occasional vlog when I like started college. I made like a first week of college vlog and then I just kind of never made a YouTube video again. (laughs) Um, And that's my experience as a YouTuber. I think I topped out at like 800 subscribers at my best. Like... Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, I was like, I'm going to get to a thousand subscribers, but I never did. But it's really fine because I'm thrilled that I didn't get any kind of internet platform of like reasonable size until my, until now. Cause I was just, I was a child and embarrassing and a child. So yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah. There's definitely like pros and cons to it. And I'm, I'm so eternally grateful that my internet presence was when it was as well like there's plenty of stuff that I wrote when I was 18 like article wise that like now that I have a better idea of how language works and I have the words to express better what I was trying to say as an 18 year old there's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that like it's not problematic but it Mm -hmm. could be phrased better I guess Mm -hmm. is the way to put Mm it um so -hmm. like every once in a while when somebody's trying to be a piece of shit to me they'll be like this you and I'm like you mean when I was a child yes Uh Sorry, one more memory hit me again, which the other thing I did on my YouTube channel was I would mm-hmm. sing a lot of music covers and I would oh. upload those. And then the second it got a thumbs down, I would delete the whole video. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would yeah. keep it up for like maybe 48 hours max. And then the second it got a thumbs down, it was gone. Nukes oh. from existence. <laughs> Absolutely gone. I think you're so cool. I think you were so. I'm cool. gonna stop when eating with hey, you if you I'm keep doing one, You said I could say one thing. Can I say one thing, please? Fine. Thank you. Look, when I was your age, I was not cool like you. You have all these interests and and your videos and just how you express yourself in them is so. It's just so cool. It's so great. And I just I just think maybe you just need to put yourself out there a little please bit. Please stop. More. And that's something that I'm very surprised that Kayla honestly doesn't do because there is a moment where we see her viewer count and I think like 12 is the most Mm -hmm. views on any of her videos. She's This is definitely something that she's doing, yes, for YouTube because that's the cool thing to do, but it also is very much for her. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's basically a diary. Yeah, it's a diary, which I think is really very sweet and very lovely um and i think captures it really well but i'm so thankful that instagram wasn't around when i was in my formative years because one of the moments that like crushes me the most is when she wakes up and does her makeup and then takes a picture for her instagram story with a filter on and is like just woke up like this and i'm Mm -hmm. like that like hurts my soul so much broke my fucking heart i 
it's it's rough. And like, what's so interesting is that a, a movie that we've talked about on the show previously, he's all that mm-hmm. with Addison oh. Ray, who is an influencer. They have a similar scene, but mm-hmm. it's presented as like quirky and kind of like, Haha, look at this influencer, like pretending she just woke mm-hmm. up. Like, look how kind of staged every aspect of her life is because that's her job. And then in eighth grade, it's like, yeah. And because people like that have jobs like this, now they feel like they have to do that as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the influencers versus the influenced. Mm-hmm. Yes. And- also, Addison Ray is my natural enemy. She's ruined the SEO on my name forever. I'm really mad about it. Anyway, that's all I have to say about her. I'm sorry. That it's sounds fine. absolutely terrible, there actually. Are, there were no famous Addisons before. It was just basically me. <laughs> No, <laughs> but I actually, um, so, so here's actually a fun, a fun thing to bring up because I said this and then I never put these two details together until just now. Mm-hmm. So Kayla is basically creating this YouTube channel as like a diary and as a way of giving advice, but it's mostly for her, especially because mm-hmm. she does not have a high viewership. Um, I used to get like a few hundred views on each of my things, but I think it was people in my small town hate watching me because I became infamous there and yet mm-hmm. I kept things up. Because fuck them. <laughs> I was doing it out of spite at that point. But um, something that's really interesting is that you look at the time capsule she gets at the end of eighth grade. And that's the part of her that's like real. Yeah. And you can't fabricate it. You can't put a filter on that. You can't like make up stories or lie your way through it. Because that's actually what was preserved. And you aren't putting on a facade. That's a, that's a simpler you in sixth mm-hmm. grade when you weren't trying to keep up appearances in the same way you are now in eighth grade. And I think that um, this isn't really a movie with an end goal, per se. It doesn't have, like, an antagonist exactly. It doesn't really have, Mm -hmm. like, a a dance or a big event necessarily. I guess graduation is it, which is just kind of like, you did it, rather than, like, an actual scene with that features that. But I think if you look at, like, the trajectory of, like, sixth grade to her sort of internet time capsule now she has a new time capsule and how she has a lot more nuanced way of discussing like growing up going into mm-hmm. going into high school that she will see at the end of high school i just think that that's really amazing growth that is extremely subtle like because that middle element that i didn't even think about until we started talking about this yeah i that is a really interesting point to make and i also love that when she has her sixth grade time capsule and she watches her videos and she's like kind of cringing at herself, especially because, you know, you throughout your life, you go through these phases where you think like, did I let that girl down? Like, what would that Uh girl like? What would 14 year old me like think of me now? Like a lot of those questions Mm -hmm. when we talk about repairing the harm of our inner child, like it it includes that girl too. It includes your your junior high years. Yeah. And so her watching those videos, like it causes her so much pain. And then you can even see that like she wants to do something ceremonious with it. She asks her dad like, hey, can you help me start a fire? Like I want to burn this shit. <laughs> and when we were watching it together, I was telling Harmony that my like sophomore year of high school, my friends and I did a like giant burn fest where we took all of the stuff from like junior high, freshman year, sophomore year that like kind of caused us pain. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a memory that was, like, traumatic or cringy or whatever, just stuff that we're like, we don't 
need this. Like, we're going to try to move forward Mm -hmm. and we want to, like, cleanse it with fire, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And it was so therapeutic. And I love that scene with Kayla, like, where they're burning it. And then she's also sitting with her dad and is like, are you bummed that I'm your kid? And she, like, has this really reflective moment where she's like... I don't know how I would feel if I was my own mom kind of thing. And it's so sad Mm -hmm. because when you're that age, like that's when you start to develop these like really weird and big brain galaxy brain intrusive thoughts Mm -hmm. because you you're aware of like your time changing, but you can actually remember it. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that's a big thing. Um, BJ at the end of eighth grade, I also had a bunch of, did a burn thing with my friends um this is maybe another weird sort of semi-universal like young girl thing to do i'm realizing because i didn't remember it until you said that um we burned like a a bunch of like our composition notebooks and stuff from Mm -hmm. from the last like two years and I'm, because we, uh, I'm from like rural Virginia and we had like a, like a big kind of open yard space with like a fire pit that I had dug in it um, when I was much younger. And yeah, we like threw all the stuff in there and we burnt it. And I'm just now remembering that that was what I did. Um, and it's, it's true. That really is the time when you start to, also what you're saying, sorry, I'm like getting very emotional. It's making it harder for me to like articulate myself. Um, but where you start to kind of really not just, um, I remember, like, a, that period realizing that I was a person that other people could perceive. Like, yeah. I'm not just piloting this body through the world and, like, looking out of a window. There is something that people see when they look at me. And there is, like, and, like, when I do things and speak and behave in the world, like, people can form opinions of me and see me doing things. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't know what, how to, or I, just, I just remember that being the time when I, I started to realize that and realize that, like, people in my life that existed as people that I had thoughts and feelings about could have thoughts and feelings about me, mm-hmm. which sounds yeah. really crazy to say out loud, but I feel like you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. And no, that's that's totally real. And, like, I, I also don't want to, like, hinge too much on this specific scene because, like, I know it is very tough and it is unfortunately, like, kind of a universal experience for so many people. But mm-hmm. when, like... I hit puberty very, very early. Mm-hmm. So Me I grad I graduated eighth grade with a double D pushing triple D bra. Like I was mm-hmm. humongous in the in the chest. And because of that, I did get so much unwanted attention um, mm-hmm. from people that were much older than me. And then like the boys that I went to school with like did not know how to process the way that I was shaped. Like they it like broke their brains to think about it. So of course, like I had a reputation that I was a slut or that I was easy or whatever because I was just built that way even though I had not done anything Mm -hmm. and it did unfortunately influence like a lot of my behaviors in high school where it was like well they already think this about me so I might as well just do it like Mm -hmm. fuck it um but yeah when I was when I was in eighth grade that was the first time that I had like one of those really memorable moments where I like I hung out at the skate park all the time and fucking skaters and there Mm -hmm. was the there was a boy who was like 18, 19 years old, and I was in eighth grade, and he was very, very, like, predatory and like Mm -hmm. in the in the way that they show in this movie where the predatory isn't even presented as like 
his predatory nature isn't presented in like a directly predatory like hey kid I'm trying to like do stuff Mm -hmm. it's presented almost like he's doing her a favor like Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to help you so that you're not weird and people don't think you're weird but also like never tell anyone about this because like Uh you're gonna lose friends if you do like that Mm -hmm. sort of weird behavior uh, that happened that's what I got in around like junior Mm -hmm. high Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I saw this scene for the first time a full blown freak out in the theater just weeping Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. trying to crawl out of my skin because I knew that feeling and when she yells no at him I was like yeah like you would have thought I was watching a sports game Uh (laughs) like I got so amped and hype that she was able to say no like that as we're talking I feel like I I, I feel so uh, everything I'm saying is really scattered and not like it's not well put together because I'm like having memories as we're talking that I haven't even like accessed and I don't even know how long. So I'm sorry, this is going to come out so disjointed. You I, don't I, have to apologize. BJ cries on the show. All I the cry time. on the show okay. all the time, and my the, thoughts are always chaos, and that's kind of the I'm beauty like, of it. This is an emotionally messy place. You're allowed to I'm be like, scattered. Rem- fair enough. I'm remembering right now that when I was in ninth grade, one of my friends who was in eighth grade. And this is like a thing that we just, everyone just acted like this was normal. Um, when I was in ninth grade, I had a friend who was in eighth grade and her boyfriend was a fucking senior in high school. Mm-hmm. What? Well, that was normal. What Our high fuck? school made fun of seniors who dated freshmen because I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you loser? And it was usually some yeah. like super dorky kid who wore like satin button ups with like samurais and flames on them see he was like a cool dude that was like, oh. really insidious yeah my this. yeah my first like real high school relationship um so to speak because this is when i was you know falling into comp head a little bit because again it's what i thought was expected of mm-hmm. me but i was 14 years old and a freshman dating a turning 19 year old senior because he had a late birthday and he was a cool guy and he was like a pro snowboarder and he played hockey and like he was a he was in bands like and he was a cool Mm -hmm. guy and like no one questioned it and I think they didn't question it because of like the grease problem of like I look way older Mm -hmm. than 14 Mm -hmm. so people can't process like what they're actually seeing in front of them Mm -hmm. Um, for those if this is like your first time listening to the show the grease problem is the fact that no one recognizes that Vince Fontaine is hitting on a 15 year old because the actress who plays Marty Maraschino is 30 Uh Um, so if you ever hear me say the grease problem that's what I'm referring to yeah Um, so that's what was going on and it's one of these like really weird things that like we know is bad but like people they they either try to act like, oh, age is just a number or like, it's not a big deal. It's only a couple years. But like the world between a freshman and a senior is yeah. huge. It's, it's not even and quantifiable how different that I is. I can't even, I cannot emphasize enough, eighth grader and senior. Yeah, that's wild as hell. Uh-huh. Um, like that's- By the way, I'm just going to throw this detail out there because I just remembered it and like folks can do with it whatever they want. He was a libertarian. of course he was i just want to throw that out there like no extra comment but like do with that what you will but he was like a cool guy not like a popular guy like a jock popular guy but he was like an indie cool guy he was like in the band like jazz band and like mm. played like bluegrass instruments and like went to music festivals and like definitely dealt weed and like was like a cool burnout guy um yeah anyway just got real yucky, overwhelming yucky feelings about that. I remember like hanging out because she was a good friend of mine. And we were in um, the eighth graders could take drama class um, 
uh, at with the uh, high school students mm-hmm. um, because we didn't have an auditorium. So our auditorium was at the middle school. Um, so eighth graders were allowed to, if they were do like, could like kind of test into it. So we were in drama class together. And I remember like hanging out with her and him like being around and being like, wow, that's so cool that she has an older boyfriend. I'm like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I get like, I'm like, my stomach hurts talking about it now. Ugh. The Gross. thing is that was so normal there yeah. during like the 2000s. And yeah, like, I wouldn't say it's probably been until like the last five or six years where Everyone goes, no, but that is gross, right? Yeah. Yeah, the pendulum. That's fucked up, right? (laughs) The pendulum has definitely swung in a. Personally, I feel like maybe it swung a little too far because now, like, queer elders will be like, hey, kids, we don't. Like, we're trying to warn you, like, don't wear, like, a tube top and booty shorts on the internet while you're a minor. And everyone's like, why are you sexualizing us? And it's like, no, we're trying to protect you. I think you're grooming. Like, no, we're fucking not. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, it has swung a little bit in the, I also, in the other see, direction. See, also, the time I recently saw somebody say that, at, like, a 22-year-old and a 26-year-old dating was problematic. And I'm like, let's all take a deep breath. Uh-huh. Right, right, it's right. Age gap relationships down. are inherently problematic. Yeah. So, like, if you're a 40 is... year old dating a 60 year old, that's fucked up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, grown like, adults can do whatever they want. So, like, that's definitely, you know, a thing. But I do but think anyway. that we finally do have a generation that is calling that shit out, which yes. is great. And that's the um, thing is, I'll take some annoying comments on TikTok if it means that, like, eighth grade girls now know that it's not fucking acceptable for 17 year old boys to be trying yes, to date them. Same. And that's very much how I feel about it, too. Um, But something that I wanted to touch on, and this is also kind of like a weird, touchy possible topic for all of us, is the specific brand of quote unquote bullying that Kayla receives is such a specific like 2000s and moving forward type of bullying because Mm -hmm. like and it's also uh in my opinion very much like a gendered way of bullying Uh um Mm -hmm. so i don't want to be like hey guys tell me how you were bullied in school um i promise mine was very different than your two but that's kind of what i wanted to ask is like so what was like Mm -hmm. the brand of bullying that you received so like and how it compares to kayla's so Harmony, I will let you go first as the one who did not get to experience girl hate. Um, I mean, I touched on it a little bit earlier when I talked about how bad junior high was. But uh, yeah, no, I had like other kids follow me home and try to get into fights with me when I was just minding my own business. I was just a dorky kid who wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh at lunch. Leave me alone. But like, that's enough to put a big target on your back in eighth grade. I hate to break this to you, but you are still a dorky kid who wants to play Yu-Gi-Oh at lunch. Yeah. I do. I my I gotta dust my decks off. They're under the bed. I haven't played since we moved. I was just saying, you're an adult. No one can stop you from playing Yu-Gi-Oh. It's true. I used to at a bar at up until like one thirty in the morning most weeks back in Cleveland. It was wonderful. I, I I miss the I miss my crew. But um, I distinctly remember there was a kid. Uh, his name was Dustin. Ugh. And Dustin, there's always a Dustin. Dustin was like this little skater kid who was in the same grade as me. Well, it was probably like five foot two. And I have been the same height of six foot three since I was in seventh grade. And mm-hmm. like he was whipping snowballs at me and my friends on our way home from school. And one of them like was like partially ice and clocked me. So I'm like turned around and I get like nose to nose with this kid, which isn't really nose to nose because I'm a giant over him. And all the kept parents driving by called the police thinking I was going to beat up this small child. 
Oh my god. And because the town I'm in was very bored, they sent seven squad cars, including the oh canine units. Oh my god. Yeah. So they end up like pulling up to like the five point intersection right near yeah. town hall and like arrested me and this kid and threw us in cop separate cop cards and then interrogated us and other kids walking around. And I had like this fucking like chunky cop in a turtleneck with like his big bald head, but barely squeezed in going, like, I swear to God, if you beat the shit out of that kid, brrr, just like in my face. Cause like, fuck the police. But that was, that was the moment in the eighth grade where I'm like, man, I think cops are bad people. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like then I got fucking made fun of and like then that just made it worse where like they were following me home because Dustin's like, oh, well, uh, you can't hit me because the cops will come for you. So then he like is sucker punching me while his friends like his eight friends grab me and throw me to the ground and he like pops me in the eye and everyone's like, Dustin's like super tiny and gave you a black eye. What the fuck is wrong with you, you fag? Oh my god. Mm. Boy bullying it was so is much like such that. a brand of bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway, that was eighth grade for me in a nutshell. God. I, it was very different than the girl hate of being ignored or embarrassed of people. The girl hate that I received was the Regina George brand of girl hate mm. where they are interacting with you and they are talking to you, but everything is so pointed. I somebody, Oh, God, yes. <laughs> somebody actually mentioned this on TikTok like two days ago, and it has been just living rent-free in my head, which is bullying by just stating facts so that like you can't get called on it. Uh-huh. So it would be the equivalent today if somebody was like, oh, yeah, BJ, I've heard of you. Yeah, you're the girl with green hair. And it's like... Ugh. Where it's like, yeah, yeah, I am. It's like, oh, yeah, I know you. (laughs) I hear you write about horror movies Mm -hmm. where, like, Mm -hmm. they're bullying you without actually insulting you. They're just saying facts about you. And, like, that is the exact brand of bullying that I had to deal with where nobody ever, like, like, really called me names. Like, I definitely got, like, some, like, dikey slurs thrown at mm. me a little bit. Um, I definitely had, like, boys would say things about me. Like, boys were absolutely like, oh, I don't want to dance with her. She's fat. Even though, like, I look at pictures of myself from junior high. I wasn't. Um, but I just wasn't built, like, a very, very small child with, like, I had curves. Therefore, mm. I'm fat. Um but, you weren't uh, a girl, but not yet a woman. Correct. <laughs> right in the Britney um, Spears zone. But all of the girls that were mean to me, they were mean to me by stating facts. But, oh, God, it's the worst. But stating it in, like, such a manipulative way because you can't even tell somebody, like, um, I think that Jessica's bullying me. What did she say? Um, she says that I, my socks don't match. They don't match. And it's mm-hmm. like, but like, it's the way she said it. And they're like, well, until she says something that's actually like hurtful oh, or mean, we can't do anything about this. Yeah. Yeah. Bullies yep. learn how to play the game so they don't get in trouble. Like yeah. when I had a kid in Spanish mm. class tackled me to the ground and start strangling me, all of his friends said that I threatened to stab him with a pencil and therefore I started the fight and no one got suspended. God. Oh, God. I, oh, there were a few different things. Uh, I started wearing a bra early, so I think uh, you know where this goes. Mm-hmm. Um, bra straps snapped on the bus was a big one, and it was mostly girls doing it. Yeah, um, what is that about? Why is that a thing? Yeah, like, I am not, I'm a member of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee, but my boobs are the size they have been since I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So... I like 
it didn't matter that they're not relatively like that big, but like because for seventh grade they were. Um and like I was early wearing a bra. Um and like yeah, girls snapping bra straps on the bus is a thing. I think it's it's literally I don't know what the fuck it is. It's just like I don't part of me thinks it's like a weird like jealousy thing. They're like, why don't I wear a bra yet? And part of me thinks it's just like, let me put attention on this other person so people don't aren't mean to me. Mm-hmm. Um I I got a lot of that. I got a lot of the fucking bullying by stating facts thing just like made me go back in time to I, I remember um, I'll call her by name. I won't say her last name. Victoria. This bitch Victoria. Um in, Victoria is a mean girl name. It, it is. really is. She was like rich girl, mean girl. Like Ugh. dad had a private plane. She we got hate to her take, rich Victoria. She got to take three months out of the school year to go down to Florida to do equestrian training and have a private tutor send all her Ugh. schoolwork to the school. She sounds like a Mary Kate and Ashley villain. Yeah. <laughs> and she would do that shit. She would just like go uh, she would like give advice that's what she would do she'd be like mm. you know if you use um like such and such it might help the pimples on your forehead or mm-hmm. you know i i get my eyebrows waxed you might want to think about getting your eyebrows waxed for your unibrow um or like uh, or like you need to shave above the knee because you're not getting all your leg hair like that kind of shit so the concern shaming yeah. is, is what it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. As as a fat person, I know this oh yeah, so you well. Know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that shit. And then there was another person um, who since, like, to be fair, like, has, has gone, th- like, was going through a lot of stuff at the time and was definitely just acting out. Now we're actually friends, so I'm not going to name this person. But uh, <laughs> uh, they were, um, they one time... Uh, I was talking in class for an English class project to the boy they happened to be dating. And they called me at home and were like, I know you're trying to steal my boyfriend. Oh, my God. And I, like, like cried. Like, they were like, I'm going to tell everyone you're trying to steal my boyfriend. And I, like, I, like, locked myself in my room and, like, sobbed and I wouldn't tell my mom what was wrong. <laughs> because I was like, I'm gonna go to school, and they're gonna tell everyone I tried to steal their boyfriend. Oh my um, god! And that was oh so specific. And then when I got to high school, this is something I talk about a lot because it's just funny. Um, I was bullied by a Mormon girl in high school. Um, Stop! Oh my god! <laughs> she did that like very like fakey sweet kind of bullying as well because she, you know. Um, and I'm like, we, and, and if I if I had my my own sensibilities now at the time, I'd be like, Elizabeth, I get it. You're bitter because you can't drink coffee. You don't have to take it out on me. But like, <laughs> um, she would like she would do that same shit. She would be like, I noticed that you're always reading alone at lunch. Are you okay? Or like, uh, the biggest fucking one. This still sticks in my brain, and it sounds so innocuous that I'm worried people are gonna think I'm insane for being still bothered by this to this day. But we were in a production of Our Town together, uh, because it was high school theater. We're in a production. And there's no set, so it's great. Yeah, and I was Emily in Our Town. Thank you so much. Um, and, (laughs) uh, and you know, I'm like. I'm a, I'm a really easy crier if uh, me I'm crying multiple times on this podcast wasn't an indication. I cry really easily, <laughs> and I have since I was a little kid. That's also something I used to get made fun of a lot for, um, obviously, <laughs> because I'm displaying emotion is displaying weakness. But, um, you know, Our Town's a sad play about death and stuff. Mm-hmm. And during a production of Our Town, I think it was our first show, um, on stage during like the scene where Emily's like dead and she's getting like yelled at by the dead piano player. And he's like, you're dead. Um, I started to actually cry 
which is like fine because the character would cry and it's like acting or whatever. But like I was, I was like crying because I was like, damn, this is sad. And then I was still crying during like the curtain call because I like got very worked up and I was thinking about death and I had an anxiety disorder. And um, we got down to the dressing rooms after and I was like taking off my makeup and like changing and Elizabeth comes up to me and she goes, when we do our show tomorrow, can you try not to make a scene? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah. think about that. Okay, so no, like you're not insane for that because there are definitely some things that like my high school nemesis said to me like backstage after shows because you're so vulnerable when you're a theater kid because you have to like let yourself go there and get into acting mm-hmm. so that when they say things like that, like it really does stick a lot harder. So I definitely yeah, get that. Yeah, ditto a girl who was kind of like a frenemy of mine who I was expressing insecurity in a freshman year. I was in production of Bye Bye Birdie and it was me and they would do like understudies that had a show as well. So I was playing Kim in Bye Bye Birdie and this girl, Emily, who was very nice. I said her name, but like nothing bad. Emily did nothing wrong. Very nice girl was my understudy. (laughs) And I was just kind of expressing insecurity because Emily was kind of like a hot girl in my class. And I was like, oh, I feel like really weird being compared to her. It's like, ugh. And this girl who was supposed to be my friend was like, I mean, she's prettier and she's a better actor, but you have a nicer voice. Oh, my God. My my eighth grade version of that, and I will never forget this to to this day because she in like unintentionally burned herself, but whatever. <laughs> um, so in eighth grade, um, that was when like the Newlyweds reality show came out, uh-huh. and Jessica Simpson was like the coolest, hottest thing in the world, and Christina was kind. Christina Aguilera was kind of on like a little bit of her downtime. Like we haven't mm-hmm. quite gotten to, like the bridge between like dirty and you know whatever is going on there. I don't know, Candyman. Uh-huh. Yeah, like between Dirty and Candyman, like we're in kind of that lull area. But yeah. this girl in choir, because I'm a big belter, like that's my voice. And I just remember her being like, I just need you to understand that when it comes to the two of us, like I'm the Jessica Simpson, like I'm hot and have a great husband. And like I get to be on the TV show and everyone loves me. I'm like America's sweetheart. And you, you're like Christina, you know, you're like a really big voice. And, like, that's such, like, a self-own without her even knowing it. And, like, no offense to Jessica Simpson, but, like, that's a self-burn. That's really funny. (laughs) They're not in each other's league. No. So, like, the last thing that this movie kind of explores that I really wanted us to kind of dissect, and this one's a a lot more lighthearted. Yes. Uh, Maybe not. Um, (laughs) We'll see, because this entire movie is like this. Um, (laughs) Kayla discovers sex things. Um... And acts like she knows what they are and knows how to do them. Yes. But doesn't. And there's a wonderful scene of her pretending like she likes eating bananas when she really hates them um, because she doesn't want her dad to know she was definitely going to try to deep throat a banana. Um, yeah. <laughs> she oh, the looks, way she throws it. She looks up like a how to blow job YouTube tutorial. Yes. like. It's incredible. Oh my God. I remember. Sorry. I just immediate story. But I remember being in eighth grade and I was at my best friend's house. She's still one of my best friends. I love her so much. I'm not going to do her say her name just because she might be embarrassed by this story. I was at my best friend's house and we were, uh, she was taking a shower and we were the kind of like, you know, best friends where I was like sitting on the toilet and talking to her through the shower curtain. And she was like, I found this website. Where it shows, um, it shows girls getting, uh, it shows a guy putting his penis between the girl's boobs and doing it like back and forth. And I was like, 
is that something that we're supposed to do? <laughs> And she showed it to me and I was like, I don't think I have, I don't want to do that. I got so stressed out about the existence of tit fucking. I like thought about it for days. I was like, when I get a boyfriend, is he going to expect me to do this? I don't think I have enough boob to do it. I don't want to do it. I just, you just took me back in time to her showing that to me and being like I found this isn't this crazy (laughs) I love like of all things that it's titty fucking like that's so good it's so specific and also not the most horrifying thing you can find and that's what makes it so much better oh yeah but I was but I was 13 and like and like not sheltered my parents didn't like hide stuff from me but I was like a I was like a reserved 13, I, like, mostly learned about sexy stuff from, like, books and, like, fan fiction. Uh And, like, I hadn't gotten to a point where that was a thing on my list. I also remember being, oh, my God, eighth grade again, waiting outside for uh, the bus. And it was really cold. I just vividly remember being really cold. We're like bundled up in our out, like and bundled up in our like puffy coats, but we didn't have tights on because you didn't wear tights. Because like when you were eighth grade, you wore uniform skirts and socks, but not tights because tights are for little kids. Um, and <laughs> I remember talking to my same friend, my one of my best friends in the world. Uh, she's literally like a sister to me to this day. And she's like, and she's like, do you think you would ever give a blowjob? And I was like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> And she's like, what if you were really in love? And I was like, I don't think I would. I love that that was the classifier of it. Yeah. Like, but what if you were in love? Like, would you suck a dick if love? Yeah, she's like, what That's if you great. really loved him? And I was like, it sounds gross. At this time, I did still also have undiagnosed OCD. So I was especially like, that sounds disgusting. Ew, germs. I literally, I was like, I was like, yeah, literally, but I didn't realize that was my thought process. I was just like horrified by that. I was like, I would, I literally remember saying, I would rather he just put it in me. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I don't know if I've told this story to BJ. This might be another episode just full of surprises. Um, I learned what masturbation was in eighth grade, actually. Um, I I was a late bloomer sexually. I I did not have a particularly high sex drive, so I didn't understand what mm-hmm. masturbation was until I was like fourteen ish years old. Um, and then only then I didn't masturbate very often because I was never one of those kids who discovered what it was and was like eight times a day I have to. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I distinctly know that this was uh, in eighth grade because our class trip was the uh, the the one where we would go to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and. Um, for most of the trip, it was me and two of my friends that I had that we mm-hmm. primarily played Yu-Gi-Oh! together. Mm-hmm. And uh, a girl who was, like, kind of grungy, kind of alternative. She could hang with the boys, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's because she wasn't very popular, probably. So that's why she maybe wanted to hang out with us. Yeah, uh, you got to become a pick-me at that point. Yeah, uh-huh. I, th- I think that may have been what was going on. Ugh. But um, we all hung out together. We went to, like, all of the monuments, whatever. And... She she asks us just over the course of the trip, like, so have you guys like ever masturbated? <laughs> and what a cool I, girl. I immediately leap in and I was like, no, of course not, because I don't know what that is. And then my two friends are like, um, yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh my god. And I at and at that point I wasn't gonna ask what masturbating was. And so I was just like, I don't I don't do that. Um, and like the real kicker of the story was that uh, she asked us this question. 
in the gift shop of the Holocaust Museum. Oh my god. <laughs> what a place. Uh-huh. I mean, we also I went to the Holocaust Museum in eighth grade. <laughs> Yeah, we did as well. Um, I definitely don't know if anything could possibly beat the Fault in Our Stars kissing at the Anne Frank Museum. God. But oh, I think no. being asked about masturbation in the gift shop of the Holocaust Museum That's might be so up there. Wild. Yep. Dear also, um, God. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and just say really quick, just another, I'm just admitting a lot of shit on this podcast I've never said on a, like, a public platform before. Uh, I was also not an early bloomer with that shit. I vividly recall being 17 years old and sitting down and finally Googling women how to masturbate. Um. (laughs) I had a bath faucet discovered quite young and... That changed everything. I was a very early bloomer for a lot of these things. Um, and, you know, that's fine. I understand. It's it's my things that I talk about with my therapist is mm-hmm. when you're over-sexualized because of the way that your body is, then you tend to also practice uh, sexualizing yourself quite young. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I under, I understood it. Um, but something that I wanted to, to mention just like with this episode is because typically – on the show, like we'll break down the movie and we'll go through like beats and different characters. And for the most part, we have taken this time today to kind of like talk about our own experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that to me is exactly what this movie is about because Kayla feels no matter what your eighth grade experience was, Mm -hmm. she feels like a character that everyone can see yourself in. And I think a lot of that is to do with the absolutely brilliant performance of Elsie Fisher. Uh-huh. Oh my god, Elsie uses Elsie Fisher. Yeah, and Elsie uses I all pronouns. So much. So like, okay. we're we're allowed to like you know throw whatever they want to use. But there is such like an unbelievably natural gift that Elsie yes. has. Uh, oh my god, I remember reading the script. And being so fucking shocked because all of the little ums and uhs are written down, which means that they literally made them sound that natural. I thought that, like, they were ad-libbing a little bit and just throwing those in there to give it that realism. It was Mm -hmm. scripted and they made it sound that organic and that natural. And I'm like... that so much. I I was, like, I was was already floored and that, like, knocked me on my ass. I'm like, okay, this child is one giving one of the most honest, grounded, like effortless performances I've ever seen. And 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 you're you're a child. Um. And I think like no one else though could write those monologues than Mm -hmm. Bo Burnham. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, Bo Burnham has such like a very specific upbringing of being like a child on the internet. Mm -hmm. And and like what's also very frustrating is every once in a while because Inside was such a huge success this year. And then, of course, like, I'll be on TikTok and I'll read comments and people are like, why do you support Bo Burnham? Like, he used to be super racist back in the day. And it's like, he was a fucking child Mm -hmm. during, like, edgelord comedy humor. Like, everybody was an asshole then. Like, and he has more than made amends for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And has talked about it quite a lot. Quite frequently, like more than homework, people yeah, don't want to do that. more than pretty yeah. much anybody else who you know went through that time period. So, yeah. like, that shit drives me up the walls. Um, yeah. but he was so good at successfully channeling that feeling, and I think that the smartest thing he did was make this a girl story. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because the that awkwardness and those pressures, like, everybody goes through them. Mm-hmm. But there is, like, such a specific brand of, like, heartbreak and, like, 
awfulness that happens when you're younger and you know it comes Mm -hmm. with the whole like well girls mature faster than boys so like we Mm -hmm. do tend to have to deal with like much bigger issues in the world Mm -hmm. than the rest of our classmates when we're this age which is why we have that like horrifying scene in the car i mean this is why i had to deal with like not emotional warfare i just got punched right which is much easier to unpack exactly like that's so much easier to unpack but the, the thing about this movie is that like you sit here and you watch it and it's like i know exactly like the beats she goes to the pool party and you know that's really uncomfortable she has like the fun day at high school where she gets to shadow somebody and that's fun she has Oh my like God, the, I love Olivia. Also, I love Olivia. Olivia looks so much like a girl that was like a sophomore when I was a freshman in high school and like was like the only like friend I had in high school for because she had gone to the same first through eighth grade school that I had and yeah. she was like one of the only people that from that that was also in my high school system. And and when I watched eighth grade, it really shook me to my fucking core because she really <laughs> looks like her. Like uh. Olivia looks a lot like her. And it was nice, but it was weird. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that character so much because like she is like the most perfect person to get connected with Kayla on yeah. this like random thing. Like she's great. Um, but you we have all these different beats. But this movie is like the power that it has is because you do get transported to that age again. Uh-huh. And you oh, remember God, yeah. those feelings and you remember what it was like to be there. And it like floods your brain with your own life. And I, I can't think of a movie other than for me personally, which was Promising Young Woman, which Bo Burnham is also in. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of another movie that has had that much power and just commanded me like this movie where it yeah. was like, no, 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 we're going to sit here and we're going to unpack this shit because you're not going to be able to stop thinking about any of it when you watch this. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... I know, like, you probably don't want any advice from some dumb eighth grader or whatever, but if high school sucked for you, I'm really sorry about that, and that's, you know, that sucks, but, I mean, it's whatever. Middle school wasn't so great for me, but I'm past it now, and I'm moving forward, and you can do that too with high school if it didn't go great. Just because things are happening to you right now, doesn't mean that they're always gonna happen to you and things will change and you know you never know what's gonna like happen next and that's what makes things exciting and scary and fun i i don't want to speak for all children obviously i read multiple reviews quite quite a few of them of children being like i'm roughly this age and i think this movie's uncomfortable and unpleasant um (laughs) I think that this is a, there's plenty of, probably plenty of kids who are like roughly in eighth grade or maybe in high school and they can relate to this. So like, I don't want to be overly general, but I do think there is something to be said about like this movie or Lady Bird or maybe something like Booksmart where we're making like these coming of age girl movies or just a lot of teen movies in general that are reflective for adults, not specifically for teens. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to get to a certain age where you can mm-hmm. safely have these recollections because yeah. you're not so close to it. Like, I can absolutely see an eighth grader watching this and being like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then 10 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, that perfectly encapsulated exactly. what I was going through. Uh-huh. And like the theming of the time capsules is so fucking perfect for it. Yeah. 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 And I know I wouldn't have gotten what I get out of eighth grade as an eighth grader, but there is one thing we haven't talked about that I really have to mention because I think it would have even though I might not have gotten a lot out of it, I think if movies had done this when I was 13, it would have changed my fucking life. Mm. Uh, And that is 
seeing um a person with acne without anything on it just yes. on his face. Yeah. Um, Kayla looks like 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 in, in the, a thirteen year old. She looks yeah. like a thirteen year old, and then especially that she's coming out during this like Instagram age, and she's coming out when like, like most teen movies, everybody has that like CW polish to them. Everyone looks like Kennedy. Yeah, not everyone Kayla. looks like Kennedy. They don't yeah. look like Kayla, and yeah, and yeah, like, that is amazing. I'm like, oh no, and Lady Bird gave me the same feeling because you get you see a realistic like complexion that's an insane thing to say i guess but like you know what i'm saying i um and like this isn't a unique experience but i've i've like had a really like kind of hard road with like skin stuff like i uh started my puberty really early i got my first period when i was uh 10 and i started getting acne immediately then so i've dealt with it since i was 10 and still do now um and it and it got like and it was like cystic acne, Accutane level, like laser facials, mm-hmm. uh, chemical peels, every antibiotic that they could give me bad. And I, it bro, I felt like, especially going to a really small school with a lot of like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, really rich girls who had access to better skincare mm-hmm. or often just like luckier genes than me. I really did for a long time think it was like just me. I was like there mm-hmm. I'm like I was like no one on TV looks like this. No one in my class looks like this. Like I, I'm disgusting. And like oh I, yeah and and kids will also be like hey um maybe if you washed your gross face yeah. or didn't eat pizza you wouldn't have so much acne. Yeah. And and it's I know that's like not a unique experience at all but like I can't, yeah, I can't even, like, fully put into words what it would have meant to me as a child to see mm-hmm. a lead uh-huh. character in a movie with a face that looked like mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because people frame it so much, like, when you get older, it's going to go away, and it just, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, it just doesn't. <laughs> as we've been having this conversation, I've been, like, poking at this one zit that's, like, on the crease of my nose that's been making me just absolutely nuts all day today, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely, every time it happens, I have that thought in my head of, like, every school nurse who told me I was going to grow out of this was full of shit. I went um, to a doctor <laughs> when I was in eighth grade who told me we could get my acne gone by high school, and she was fucking liar um <laughs> and i yeah anyway i just i've been I, I i was like unable to stop thinking about it watching eighth grade it made me just like very soft uh, oh yeah. yeah they the casting of this is so good because they are kids like it mm-hmm. it does remind me a lot of the casting on pen 15 where like yes. they, they just really feel like kids and like the cute boy in school looks exactly like the cute boy like who somehow has abs because he's 12 mm-hmm. and like has zero body fat because that's yeah. just how his body exists in this world um but we also have one shining star that we haven't talked about <gasps> and i'm bringing him up because obviously harmony re- resonated I love Gabe so Angel. much. I, I love Gabe in this. I love a different Gabe in Pen15. Yes. Justice for all Gabes. Justice for Gabes. You're all great. Gabe's I in uh, middle school media. Oh, my God. My sweet baby. 
I just, I, I feel like so protective of Gabe. Like the second you introduce, because when he's introduced and he's like, I just swam all the way across the pool. You, I did it so fast. And you're just like, I know this kid. I yeah. love this kid. Mm. And I know that Kayla is going to immediately think that you're kind of cringy because like you're not the cool boy that society has told you that you're supposed to be into. Mm-hmm. But when we get them on their date at the end and he has plated chicken nuggets, <laughs> he just- has an array of sauces. Whining and dining. I <laughs> am a obsessed with him that scene made me like start crying it was the first thing in the movie that made me cry from just like the sheer feeling of like tenderness that it gave Mm -hmm. me i was like so soft about it i just started crying all over again and because it's you're right it's so sweet and that's the kind of that earnestness it's like hard to look at it's like but it's it's beautiful it's it's like looking at the fucking surface of the sun it's like hurts it's like hurts to look at but it's like a beautiful (laughs) thing Um. oh definitely they are they are so awkward, but they are so perfect together. And they're so yeah. sweet and they're so earnest. And something that Harmony had pointed out during this last rewatch that I loved is when they do start doing like Rick and Morty voices and they're like <laughs> joking around and they're laughing. Like that's the first time that we really see Kayla having interests mm-hmm. that are her interests. Yeah. And it's just such a sweet way to end that movie because it feels like such a monumental win for her. Like she does get to like tell off the popular girl. And I love that it's in a way that doesn't feel Like, it doesn't feel like the big speech at the prom. Like, Uh it feels like this moment is life-changing and huge for Kayla and will not register for Kennedy at all for the rest of her life. Kennedy will not remember this. No. You'll think about it and go, that kid was weird for, like, three days, and then you'll move on. Yes. But this is the life-changing moment for Kayla. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is such a great way to kind of, like, wrap this entire story up. And Mm -hmm. I just... This movie is so fucking good. Like, I want Bo Burnham to make a million more movies. I do too. Uh-huh. I this movie is really important to me, and it's all and it's especially like I think it would have been important to me no matter what. But the fact that I saw it at a time when I was feeling kind of lonely and like vulnerable and scared really, really, really made it hit me. And it's mm-hmm. just oh my god, yeah. It's 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 a really it's really special to me. I'm really thankful that you had me on to talk about it. And I'm really thankful that you, and then as also you, Harmony. Oh yeah, that, I'm here too. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the collective you, by the way. That was not just yes. the 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 formal co- you, the formal yeah. you. Um, I'm just very thankful that everyone was willing to kind of go to kind of a very scary and vulnerable place. And I mean, we talk a lot about how teen media and things like this don't get analyzed a lot, mm-hmm. and we talk mostly about how. They don't get analyzed because people shit on them and they we universally as a culture think that anything that's cool for teen girls is lesser than. Mm-hmm. But part of me genuinely thinks that another major reason that we don't do a dissection of this type of work is because people do not want to have the types of conversations we had today. They mm-hmm. don't want to go back to junior high. Mm-hmm. They don't want to go back to high school because it is hard. And re- reopening those wounds can be really, really traumatizing and really vulnerable and I just want to express my appreciation for both of you for going there today and having this conversation because while yeah we didn't talk super a lot about the movie but I don't we talked about the themes yeah the the themes are what's so important (laughs) like the themes are what's so important but like the stories that came out of this and the way that we were able to see ourselves and articulate our own experiences through the lens of this movie is so important and I'm really 
I'm really, really fortunate that we got to like share this together. It's very sweet. And I feel closer to both of you. Aw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> BJ, thank you for sharing your stories too. Oh, thanks. Yes. You're welcome. I mean, I trauma dump on this podcast all the time. So this is nothing <laughs> new for me. <laughs> this is our diary thing that we put on the internet. Fortunately, more than 12 people listen to it. Yeah, I, for real, for real. Then thank you both for letting me come join your diary and spew oh. my stuff. <laughs> they're they're great. I I love Addison's story time. Oh, thank you. I've got so many. Um, well, I think that brings us to the the traditional part of the show, and I feel like I already know the answer, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. But Harmony, eighth grade is asking you to the prom. Is it a yes, a no, or a maybe? And are you writing anything on the card back? It's a yes, and I'm surprised you didn't be like, eighth grade is asking you to the eighth grade graduation or framing it, because I was fully prepared to be like, hey, joke's on you. My school didn't have eighth grade graduation <laughs> ceremonies. <laughs> we just kind of were like, and you're done. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how often I want to revisit this movie, because it does bring up a lot of bad memories, but mm-hmm. in a good way, because the movie's so perfect at drawing that out of you and Mm -hmm. i think everything about it is 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 great i love all of the right characters i dislike all of the bad characters (laughs) who are bad people i am sitting in the discomfort of being kind of cringy and awkward and 13 years old i'm sitting there going but i love this dad so much and he's trying his hardest he's such a good dad he's so good He's wonderful. It, this is very much like a, a goofy movie kind of a situation where it's like, Dad, you're so awkward and so cool. Like, don't look at me, but look at the road. But like, not like that. Like, it's that thing where you're like having this moment where you're just wildly embarrassed of your parent. And it's mm-hmm. such a real fucking feeling for everyone. And it's hard. And this dad is just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying. And yeah. I I could just praise him forever. <laughs> But I, I love everyone. I think Elsie Fisher is also fantastic, obviously, and is a w- hell of a Twitter troll to follow. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, my if God. you are not following Elsie Fisher on Twitter, get on that shit. They are hilarious. One uh-huh. of my favorite Twitter accounts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of that, Addison, where can people find you, your work, anything you want to plug on the internet if you want them to find you on the internet? Oh, yeah. I mean... Definitely. <laughs> Only some of my things do I want you to find on the internet. But um, <laughs> my current things. So uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's mostly what I use, unfortunately. At Addison underscore Peacock. It's A-D-D-I-S-O-N underscore and then Peacock like the bird. And that's because it's my name. And <laughs> uh, also, I'm about to relaunch my podcast, Playing Games With My Heart, which was on a little hiatus. It's about romance and video games. VJ uh, and Harmony have been on it before. Yeah, and should yeah. probably we talked come about on it again. Pop. Since there's a sequel game, you should probably come back on. I yeah, know we, we need haven't to do played that. that one yet. <laughs> it's we need awful. To... Oh, is it? Oh no! Oh, oh no! Worse. Oh well, um, I have to play it. Also, now. listeners, we're talking about Honey Pop. Yeah, <laughs> there's a threesome mechanic. Uh, they brought anyway. Jesse back. That's all that matters. It's true. Uh, oh, our mommy. <laughs> anyway. uh I'm so sorry I said that. It's um, okay. She is. It's so, okay. Uh, that, um, I also am a voice on an actual play podcast, if you like tabletop stuff, that's coming back from hiatus, A Horror Borealis, um, where we play Monster of the Week. Uh, and um, that's about it right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
Thank you well, so much for having me. Oh, my God. Yes, Thank you're you. very welcome. And friends, you know where to find us. We are on Twitter and Instagram at This Ends at Prom. I am on Twitter and Instagram at BJ Colangelo. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Velocitraptor. Velosa underscore trap underscore tour. And thank you, as always, to the Sonderbombs for allowing us to use Title as our theme song. Harmony, what cool band do you want people to check out this week? I am plugging a wonderful band that is called Big Fat Meanies. <laughs> I love the name so much. Um, Big Fat Meanies is great. They are a Pennsylvania-based music collective. Uh, I don't believe they describe themselves as a band. Uh, they just released a new EP called Bad Hand. And I played a song off of it called Nuclear Tuxedo for BJ. And she went, oh, my God, this is like if Kelly Clarkson was in, like, a rock band. Yeah. But, like, way cooler. The lead singer has the same vocal power as Kelly Clarkson. Oh, But, like, belts. edgier. It's amazing. Oh, the belt. I, lo- like, I love a lead singer who can belt. <laughs> like, really intense, like, emo riffs, but also, like, banging horn sections. Um, the whole EP is great. Uh, Nuclear Tuxedo is a hell of an opener. But also, I think Eden and Bad Hand are my other two favorite tracks from it. I want more people to listen to them. They have, like, no traction as far as I can tell, and it breaks my damn heart. They're too talented for that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, everyone, make sure to check that out. But I think this does take us out on eighth grade. Don't forget to save the last dance for us. Gucci! You, uh, you like chicken nuggets, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got a 20-piece, and I also got two of every kind of sauce. But, you know, if you have a favorite sauce and want more than one packet of it, you can have mine. I like all the sauces equally. Thanks. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me.